This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We are back for another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast and we are celebrating the fact that today marks seven years since our promotion back to the Football League. We spoke to Steve McNulty and Jonathan Smith about that special season. And our first guest of this 2013-2014 conference winning season episode is no other than Steve McNulty, a man so instrumental to our success that year and to this day has still scored one of the best goals I've ever seen at Kenworth Road. And I'm sure we'll get on to that in a minute, Steve. But how are you doing firstly, mate? I'm all good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, as, as we were just saying there, it's been a strange, strange old season for, for us three, actually, for Stephen as well, with the stuff we've been doing at Southport and the stuff that Stephen's been doing at St Albans and obviously yourself at Witten Albion. But today is about the 2013-2014 conference winning season. And obviously one of the best seasons to this day for us Luton fans. It was what started everything off for us. And going back to the very start, you joined from Fleetwood in January 2013, a place where the fans absolutely loved you there. What was it exactly that appealed you to the project at Luton Town? Um, the manager didn't want me at Fleetwood, to be honest with you. Um, no, you know what? We had to change the manager at Fleetwood and um, Graham Alexander come in. I was captain there and he said he had too much pull in the dressing room, so he wants to start himself again. And you know, I was, I was the first one to go, obviously. And then uh, I had a few offers, and I'd never, I'd never played outside the northwest really. So um, I had a few offers. Mansfield was one, and then obviously Luton coming, and I just, you know, fancy going down to Luton. I'd never played played away from home and stuff like that. So you know, it was a massive club, massive ambitions and stuff like that. So you know, really a no brainer. It was Paul Buckle that brought you in, but he almost instantly left and John Still came in. Obviously, he was a man that it will be forever loved at Luton and brought great success, quite a character as well. But what do you remember from him when he first came in, when he walked, first walked through that door? Just his presence, really. You know, he was, he gave off an energy that, you know, he was, he, he just had an aura about him, to be honest with you. You know, he filled you with confidence. When, when he spoke, you know, you, you sat up and listened, you know, he was, he was one of them people that, to be fair to him, everything that he said he was going to do, you know, he did do. It was funny because, obviously, Paul Buckle signed and he, he left after about six games and then you're thinking, oh, you know, here we go again. But John still had this massive scouting system that he took to every club with him. You know, he's he bought and he sold players, you know, he scouted them and, and sold them on for millions of pounds. You know, he's done a few at Luton and he's done it at Stevenage. I mean, I... Um, where was that before Luton? Uh, Dagenham, I think it was. Right? Dagenham, sorry, yeah, yeah he's done at Dagenham, but he said he'd seen me play, he knew of me and stuff like that. So, you know, it was always good. You know, we sat down and had a chat, and he said that was part of his plans, which he was very happy about. So, the rest is history, really, yeah. 
yeah, as you say, yeah, the rest was history. We a brilliant season, all in all, getting a 100, 101 or 103 points. I think it was, yeah, brilliant season. And again, when you first joined the club, because of sort of the club's circumstances, the fall from the championship into the conference, obviously us fans were expecting big things every season in the conference. Was that something you instantly felt at the club and sort of how did that compare to anywhere else that you'd, you'd been? Yeah, do you know what? You knew what you was what you was getting into and letting yourself into. Obviously, you were signing for a massive club like Luton and, you know, they were obviously being in the championship and, you know, they fell down the league, you know, for, you know, obviously circumstances out of, our, out of the players' hands that were there at the time. But, you know, as a player and as a team, you're always going to feel a brunt of that because obviously there's, massive expectations from the fans and rightly so because, you know, they're a massive club and, you know, they didn't deserve to be at the level they were, but, you know, unfortunately they were and, you know, you just went there hoping that, you know, that you could help them get back to where they wanted to be, which was in the football league and, you know, thankfully we've done that, but, you know, I just think it just comes with this, you know, with the size of the club and stuff, you know, it was similar to when you went to Trammy, you know, they, they were the same, you know, the fans had, had massive expectations, you know, the, the two clubs were quite similar, to be honest with you, you know, with the expectations and the size of the club and stuff like that. But I think as a football player, you know, that that's what you want. You know, it's I don't I couldn't get out of bed every day if you're just going to, you know, go into a club that had no ambition and, you know, there was no pressure on you, you know. I thrive under pressure, you know, and you know, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Luton. And we, we definitely had a talented squad uh, that year with the likes of Andre Gray, Penny Roddick, Cameron McGee and Paul Benson, yourself, Franks. Was it a change of room that you thought would be successful from the start of the season? I don't think you can. You, you can never. You know, you can never. You can never be too confident about that. You know, obviously we knew that. You know, John. John still have put you know a, a good group of players together, but you know there's a lot of things that need to happen. You know, it's you can sign you know all the best players in the world, and you're not guaranteed promotion. But you know, we had the thing where you know we he wanted everyone close knit. You know, he wanted a good dressing room, and we got that. And you know, we have very, very talented players in the dressing room as well. So, you're always confident going into the season, but you never know what is actually going to happen. But we did gel together. And I don't think we started the season too well. Did we Did we draw a, a lot of games at the start of the season? Yeah, I think, I think it was a difficult start. I think, um, yeah, I don't think we were showing promotion form near the start. But if I remember, we went on a sort of a 20-plus game unbeaten run and that was when everything seemed to connect. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he he'd gone out and signed all his plays and, you know, as I said before, you know, we all gelled and there's a lot of ability in the in the squad and, you know, it was all good. Did you sort of notice because obviously Andre Gray, Pelly Ruddock, Cameron McGeehan have all gone on to championship football. I know Cameron McGeehan's playing in Belgium first division now or somewhere that I'm not hundred percent sure if that's true, but something like that. But did you sort of see the potential in those players? Did you sort of know they could go on to big things? You know, at the time, there's obviously been a, um, other than Andre Gray, you know, Cameron and Pelly, Pelly being at West Ham and Cameron being at um, Norwich, and they so, you know, the young lads coming to, you know, coming to learn the trade, you know, you could see that they had, had ability, you know, and they were willing to learn and, you know, they were good professionals and that, and, you know, it's totally different with, with Andre because he come from you know non-league, he come through non-league. But you know, I think if you sat him down and said to him, you know, you you're gonna go on and do what you've done in the game, I don't think he'd believe it himself. You know, but you know, we always worked hard. He was always staying behind after training and working on his game. And you know, he, he was very talented. But I think the start of the season, I think John he played up wide, didn't he? Wide, wide right, I think. And even the start of the season, I don't think he was getting in the team, was he? No, no, I think he had to work himself into the team because I think we had Benson and did we had Mark Cullen that season as well. We, yeah, both both very good players for for the level yeah. we were at. Yeah, yeah, but he broke into the team, didn't he? You know, and um, you know his goals got us promoted. To be honest with you, yeah. Do you keep in touch with any of the lads from that from that season? No, I don't. To be honest with you, no. You know, I see a few things on Instagram. I spoke to a few of them through Instagram, but. Um, I don't really, I don't really speak to them to be honest with you. Know. Fair enough. Um, I think it would be unfair not to mention the goal against Southport. Uh, when when the ball came towards you, like, what what were you thinking? Did you think the ball was going to drop perfectly for you to hit it like that? Like, talk us through it. 
I don't know. It's just a second thing, wasn't it? Just it was just coming out the air, fell nicely. So I just thought I'm going to hit it, and obviously hit it, caught it nice, and it went in, went in the top corner. But you know, he could hit, hit it under them and they go over the stand, wouldn't he? But um, you know, lucky enough that one went in. Yeah, because that that was brilliant, really. I'm, I just remember going to Southport. The first thing I said to them was that I'm a Luton fan. First thing they mentioned to me is. Oh, Steve McNulty, that goal against us, and yeah, they just they just remember that as much as we do, really. Yeah, they all like you there as well. <laughs> I haven't heard I any get, bad things. <laughs> I got some stick when I play there, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it was even better because we made that a play where a Fleetwood was in goal, like so. Um, Danny, forget his second name, but he was in goal. The lad had played at Fleetwood, yeah. Uh, obviously, the last game was a 4-1 win at Forest Green, which I think we'd cemented promotion before that and became a bit of a party atmosphere afterwards. But how did that feel and what were the celebrations like sort of late into the night? It's just a massive relief. And to be fair to Stilly, he'd said, you know, he, he'd worked out how many points we needed and what game we could win at. And he's like Mystic Megan, you know, to be fair to me, it did come through what he said and, you know, that was the game, but I think it was just a massive relief. You know, you're just happy to get over the line and, and get it done mathematically. You know, big weighted lifted off your shoulders, but you know, he wouldn't let us give up then because he wanted, you know, he wanted to go for the um the record number of points and record number of goals scored in the conference that season. So um it weren't like he gives let us have a jolly up. You know, I was thinking oh, I'll just be turning up the games on a Saturday, I'll get back home and stuff like that. But he still had his in training every day because you know, he wanted the record points and the record goal scored that season. And with that, I think you said about the, well, we tried to go for the points records. We tried to go for any record that was going that year. But I think it was your Fleetwood Town from the previous year that still hold the record for that. I think you might, was it 103 points? I think they, they got that year. I'm not sure. It was, it was over and under because I think Rex, we, we put Rex into it. I think Rex had over and under points as well. I think they could have had 101 Rex in that season and we had 103 or four, something like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was just, it was a mad season that because, you know, two teams getting over and under points and, you know, one of them didn't get promoted, you know. So with that as well, I think um, that season, the, the season you were at Fleetwood, 2011 2012 season, I don't know if it was the last game. I think Stephen might be able to back me up here, but I think Luton went to Fleetwood and Fleetwood. won Beaters, two yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think did, did Luton need to win to get in the playoffs or to cement the place in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember the game. To be honest with you, I remember Luton coming and beating us two 0 last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching it on. Um, I think it was Premier Sports at the time. Um, or it was one of the people, one of the coverers that were doing um, national league, uh, conference at the time, and I remember watching it. And yeah, it was it was a brilliant game to win, really, and it, it did cement our our playoff spot, which I think was all but cemented. But we just needed to get over the line, and it was yeah, it was a brilliant win. A brilliant win against a, a Fleetwood team that obviously had some very good players. Obviously, had yourself, you had Jamie Fahadi, um was it Nathan Pond, was he there at that time? A player that Pondy, was linked Pondy with there, yeah. yeah, he was, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a brilliant team to go would and beat. Would beat. We would have beat Luton that day, but we'd been out partying for two weeks, to be fair. <laughs> Helped us out big time. Our second guest of this 2013-2014 conference winning special is a player we fondly remember for his tough tackling tendencies and his work ethic. But we also remember him as a very tidy player on the ball and even chipped in with some worldies during his time with the club. It's, of course, Jonathan Smith. Jonathan, thank you very much for joining us today. No, it's a pleasure. Um, th thanks for being invited on. And you know, I'm looking forward to reminiscing about some good times. Yeah, as you say, it was some very good times. And I think me and Stephen have spoken about how important that season was before for not just winning the season that year, but sort of everything that we've gone on to achieve started from that, really. So going back to when you first joined, you initially joined from York on loan. You were recalled before eventually joining on a permanent deal. So did that sort of brief spell with Luton sort of cement your interest in coming back? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think from the moment I came, you know, I, I just loved being at the club. You know, I, I 
quickly realised how big a club it was and that um, there was no way a club of this size should have been in the conference. But, you know, these things happen and still happen now. Um, so it's sort of, it was a good challenge for me to come to Luton and, you know, try and help, you know, get the club back up. And that was, you know, the only aim that I had that I wanted to come and help get back, get, get the club back to where it belonged. Yeah, and sort of another one because that was sort of the pre the 2013-2014 season and you were obviously part of that FA Cup giant killing team that beat Norwich in 2013 so how brilliant of an occasion was that and what was the changing room like on that day after the victory? Yeah it was a great day you know it's a massive win for us but you know the, the team had potential you know even under, under Paul Buckley who signed me you know a lot of time for Paul and you know it might not have gone the way he wanted in the end but in terms of getting getting you know a group of lads together you know he made some good signings that you know ended up helping the club you know push on and you know that day at Norwich yeah you know I still remember it now you know fantastic day to go down there I mean it's interesting now to see Luton playing Norwich in the championship you know but back then there was you know quite a few leagues between the clubs and it was just you know a memorable memorable proper FA Cup day and you know it's, it's a good one to look back on for myself. Um, and shortly after you arrived uh, John Steele uh, became manager of the club what were, you, what were your initial thoughts when he uh, came through the doors? Yeah, it's always a bit of a it's always a bit of a, a tricky time for a player when a, a new manager comes because, like I said, Paul had signed me and Paul had tried to sign me in the summer before that before I came, but I was so sort of intent on staying in the league. I sort of you know ended up staying at York, but you know the, the time came to come and Paul had you know put a lot of faith in me and for him for him to leave you know quite swiftly after well a few months after it was sort of you know, how's this going to go? You know, you never know with a new manager, you know, if they're going to like you or if they're going to want their own players. And, you know, for me, John still had a great reputation in non-league and, you know, for what he'd done at, you know, all the clubs, you know, for instance, Dagenham. But for me, it was just about, you know, I'm going to have to impress this guy, you know, to stay at the club. And, you know, it was about getting my head down, working hard and, and trying to impress him to get a place in his team. Did you find it easy um, working on John Still? He's such a good guy, such a football man. And I think, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but he was definitely the right man at the right time for Luton. You know, he came in and he just knew, sort of, he knew the conference inside out. He knew what sort of characters he needed. He didn't complicate things too much. And he just had some good players as well. And he just, he just sort of let us get on with it. And he was a, an easy, you know, an easy manager to play for. You know, he would let you know if things weren't right, but he'd let you get on with your job. You know, there was never sort of crazy high praise if you scored or really, you know, big discipline if you lost or didn't play well. He was just sort of quite a level-headed guy who, for Luton at the time, he was perfect. Yeah. And at the start of the season, we won uh, just two of the first eight games. Was there a turning point or did the formula just kick in after that? Yeah, it was a sticky start. I mean, I started the season, it, it, it was tough for myself because I was due to start the season in midfield. And then the night before the first game of the season, Ronnie Henry went down with an injury. So I ended up getting shifted to right back for the first couple of games, which was quite sort of new to me. I'd always been, I want to play midfield, you know, but I was happy to do a job for the team. The team, the team started a bit stickily, but we were, one thing I would say is we weren't really conceding many goals. We were quite solid and it was just a case of, if we could, you know, turn, I think we drew a couple of games nil-nil away at Forest Green. I remember we played away at Forest Green and drew nil-nil, but played very well. And I, that day I went away thinking we've, we've definitely got a good team here. And I thought if we can just start, you know, being more of a threat going forward. And we knew we had those players, you know, Andre and Mark Cullen. And, and I think Paul Benson came later on, but it was sort of keep the clean sheets and we, we will start climbing the table because we were coming, becoming more solid. And then... Like I said, it started to click and we went on a run and then you get the fans behind you, which is massive at Luton. It's massive at any club, but I think even more so at Luton, you know, just getting, you know, that backing at home is just huge because teams come and I've been there myself before I signed for Luton. It's such a tough place to go when the fans are on side on the home, on, you know, for the home team. When, when they're sort of against the home lads, it becomes a bit of a, an easier place for away teams because they play on that. And they time waste and they make it difficult. But you know, we had the fans on board, and you know, 
from then on, it was just, you know, one way. Yeah. And uh, during the first half of the season, you scored twice, once against Tamworth and once against Southport. Both were cracking goals, but you certainly became a goal a scorer and break goal, didn't you? Yeah, I should have scored. I should have scored more goals, you know, with for Luton. I mean, I've scored quite a few goals since. Just, just, and, and a lot seem to be from, you know, the edge of the box. But I think my job at Luton, that's, you know, that sort of stage of the season was to mainly, you know, break it up, make, you know, press high and, you know, win challenges and play it simple. And I think that was more of my role rather than, you know, flying forward, flying back. It was sort of break it up, play it easy and let, let, let your players like your Andres and your, your Bensons get the goals. And But I was happy to contribute, you know, obviously everyone loves scoring and, you know, I do remember those two goals, definitely. Yeah, because when you were playing at Luton, were you in more of a deeper role than you've been at other clubs? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, I'm sort of coming towards the end of my sort of career a little bit. I mean, I'm still playing, I still love it. But in terms of, I think I played probably played my best football when I do start a little bit deeper. I think sometimes because I've got, you know, I've got good energy and I can get forward. I think sometimes it's the tendency, you know, managers sometimes play me a little bit further forward, sort of in a 4-3-3, maybe one of the two attacking midfielders. But I think if I'm honest with myself, I think I do, I think I do play better coming from a slightly deeper. You know, I, I like to think I can read the game quite well and sort of come, come a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, I think the role at the time at Luton, you know, definitely suited me. And, you know, it went on to suit me even more when I sort of had, you know, players like sort of Nathan Doyle in behind me. I think that season when we won, I played some good football with players like Andy Parry. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. And he played a little bit in sort of that deeper role. It sort of just gives me not sort of the main attacking number 10, but maybe sort of a six or an eight. Yeah, I was going to say I completely forgot about Nathan Dole and when he came in and the the impact he had. He was a yeah another very good player that escaped escaped my mind. Yeah, I remember him as like a, a non league sort of Alan McCormack. Yeah, I mean I played with I played with Doyley and and Alan McCormack. I mean Doyley Doyley's a tough guy and I still speak to Doyley now. You know he's a great guy. He's a tough Northern lad and at the time great signing for Luton because you not get. You not get a tougher lad on the pitch than Doyle. He's quite laid back off the pitch, but he would put his body in front of everything. He's he's not the most mobile, but he's just a tough midfielder and you know proper born in Leeds. You know proper tough guy who he, he, he's just what you need in the centre of park. And yeah, I'd say he's a good comparison to to Maka. Yeah, I'd say the similar sort of players. You were integral to everything at the start of the season. You you played pretty much every game you're involved with pretty much everything. And then on boxing day, you were on the receiving end of a, a pretty much a horror tackle away at Barnet. How difficult was it to recover when the team was playing so well and you were sort of at your peak as well in terms of that season? Yeah. It's a, a tough day for me. Like, there's no doubt about it in terms of, you know, I felt fit. I felt strong. I was playing, you know, I'm, I've never been one for picking up many injuries, even since then. You know, I've been I've been very lucky, but yeah, it was a, it was a tough tough one. But you know, I tried to use it to you know my advantage and tried to you know take you know the positives from it and think you know I'll come back and to see the team doing well was helping me. There's no doubt about it. I, I took myself away a little bit and moved back up up north with my family to really work hard. You know, I was keeping my eye on what was going on, but. You know, for me, it was sort of, you know, how quickly can I get back to help the team? And, you know, my, my target in my head is that I still want to play again this season. And, you know, people thought I was crazy, but I was, I was des that desperate to get back involved. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was great to see the stadium full and the team doing well. And, you know, I was just hoping, you know, can I get back this season? And, you know, to, to, to or if it wasn't to be, could I come back as a, as, a, as a football league player with the team getting promoted? So I was, you know, I was fully behind the team. I was as big a supporter as, you know, anyone that season. Yeah, that's brilliant to hear. And thankfully, you, you recovered quite quickly in the end. It was, it was only about four months of recovery, was it, before that final game you played against Hyde? And I think, if I remember rightly, the fans were celebrating the fact you came on more than the goal we scored. So... How did it feel coming back on and getting that kind of reception? Oh yeah, it was really special. I mean, I can't I can't tell you how much work I put in to get back. I mean, 
my, my leg was in a bad way. You know, I broke both bones, you know, really badly. You know, there was, there was a, at one point they, they were worried that, you know, I might be struggling, struggling to walk again. It was bad, you know, and to, to get back to that position through, you know, it, it was day in, day out. Everything I did was, you know, I just saying to myself that I, I wouldn't do anything if it didn't help my leg get better. And, you know, I just lived my life sort of everything I did. I did it to the T, you know, if, if, if a physio gave me an exercise to do, I would do it three, four times, I'd, I'd do it, you know, to the absolute maximum and do it again and do it again. You know, I was just so, so working so hard and getting my legs strong, ready to come back and, you know, to get that chance in the last game. You know, I've been training, you know, for the last couple of weeks and there was a little chance I could have been back for the Forest Green game, the home game, which would have been, you know, even better. But, you know, I've been training and sort of, hadn't really fully tested it um, and then the weekly the week leading up to Hyde um, you know I really tested it instead of just being a floater sort of I was sort of joining in with both teams a little bit and you know they were sort of be, be a bit careful around smudge but I was saying no don't be careful I, I want to be tackled I want they were, they were sort of John still was a bit you know worried but you know leading up to Hyde I was then fully involved fully training and I was available to play you know fully and it was about I think, you know, John decided to put me on the bench, which, you know, I'll be thankful for because to come on and, you know, get that reception, it'll be a day that I'll never forget. Looking back at that season, because it was was such a special season and that really topped it off. But with being at Luton, did you feel more pressurised than any other club that you'd ever been at? It's a tricky one, a uh, tricky question that, because um, I've always, you know, the, the most pressure, I always put pressure on myself, you know, it's always sort of, I have, I have a little bit of that in me where I'm a bit of, I'm a bit of sort of, don't want to fail, it's sort of that burning fear of, I don't want to fail, I want to I wanna do it, I want to do it, I want to be a footballer, I, I uh, don't want to let my family down, don't want to let myself down and you know, maybe that's probably sometimes goes against me a little bit. Sometimes I care too much, you know, and if things don't go go well, I sort of, you know, hit my, I sort of, you know, I'm thinking a little bit too much. I've got a little bit better as I've got older, but yeah, Luton, it was just, um, the, the, once we got promotion, it was about, I mean, yeah, I was delighted to get promotion, but it was, you know, it was the next thing for me. What What's next? Can I, can I prove myself to be a regular in this team? And, you know, I spent the next sort of three months before the season started, you know, getting ready to, you know, do whatever I could to get my place in the team in, in, in League Two. And yeah, there, there was pressure, but I'd say everywhere I've played, there's been pressure, you know. We had a very talented squad at the time and a real mixture of bright, hungry players with the experienced heads uh, who knew how to win the games. Do you feel that we were uh, capable of winning promotion that season? Like, was, was there a feeling early on that we were capable of it? Yeah, I think the, the aim had to be, you know, promotion for a club like Luton. You know, if we weren't, if we weren't up there, and you know, we weren't like you say, the first few games, we, we I think we won two out of the first eight or whatever it was, or and yeah, the, the pressure starts to build, and you know, the fans will let you know at Luton if you're not. I don't know if it's as bad now they're in the Championship, but if you're not near the top, you know, in the Luton Township, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna know about it. Um, so yeah, we had the players. We just knew it was about, you know, getting off to a good start, which we didn't. You know, we didn't get off to a great start, but you know, we managed to gain some momentum. You know, we had some special talent in that team that, you know, like Andre springs to mind in terms of just that extra bit of strength, power, pace that, you know, at that level was difficult to stop for teams. And then in behind, just a hard-working team who wanted to win and. You know, like you've, you, players like Steve McNulty's who, you know, tough leaders, you know, it's, it's great to have in the team. Um, but yeah, the aim was always to get promotion. It had to be, you know, being at Luton, it had to be. And thinking about how you said that when the fans are on your side, it's, it's so important, like when they're on your back, you know it. Was there a point after that first, like, part of the season where you, you felt there was a turning point for the fans being on your side? Was there a certain game where you thought, right, the fans are really behind us. We need to push on from here. I think it's hard to actually pinpoint one. I think there was a game against Halifax where we might have been losing and we came back. That 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 springs to mind, scoring a late win. I think we were might have been losing at half time. 
Yeah, I think I remember that. I think it was Cullen and Wall that scored some important Wall, goals. Like, yeah. On. Alex Wall, yeah. yeah, scored a brilliant yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah, and he got the winner. And I think we were two one down at half time. And early on in my time at Luton, um, I just remember coming off at half time, losing to someone, and, and not getting. You know, you, you walk down that tunnel sort of in the corner, and you know, it not being very pleasant. But you know, which is fair enough. Luton should Luton should be doing better. You know, not losing to teams like Dartford or whoever it was. Um, but I, I, I vaguely remember that game walking in and the fans really getting behind us like come on like as if I thought that this, this, this you know this this they're with us you know and then second half we come out one three two and it was you know it was brilliant for us to you know have the fans and then it, it just felt yeah they're with us because in the past it might not have been like that and what what did you and the rest of the lads think when John started bringing fans onto the pitch of the team talk? So I remember that was from a guy having a bit of a go at the team after losing a few games, and John invited the the fan on, and it started becoming a thing. What did you guys think about that? <laughs> you know, I totally forgot about that, but I think I remember, I remember now. I mean, John always loves the huddle, you know, after the game, win, lose, or draw. Um, he's done that at all his clubs, and then. You know, we started doing well, and you know, he'd, he'd walk off every game and start picking a fan out, <laughs> a random fan to come and listen in. But yeah, I mean, it, it, looking back, it was genius from John because he's he's just all the fans can see. Yeah, he's trying to involve, he's trying to involve the fans. He wants, you know, he wants it to be everyone together. And you know, a lot of clubs aren't like that, but I think Luton is, is a special club for that. You know, the, the fans. The fans and the players, you know, I, I don't know as much now because I don't see as many games, but I always, you know, keep an eye on Luton and I just know that, you know, it's got great fans and it seems to be sort of, you know, the players and the fans seem to mix really well and they did that season. Yeah, and do, do you remember if uh, any of the fans, uh, like, said anything in those huddles? Did, they, did John ask them to say anything or was it just standing there listening? I think sometimes, sometimes John still. I think he might have asked him the odd question back. I'll be honest, I can't quite remember. I mean, after a game, I'm usually so either relieved that we've won or you're not tired, and you just sort of you sort of listening. But to recall him asking a question is a tricky one to remember. But I think I think for sure he would have asked him something, but I can't remember what he might have asked. Just a sort of, what do you think of that sort of thing? And. You know, it, it, it was, you know, an interesting experience for a fan to come in sort of a team environment like that. And um, thinking about the players from that year, do you keep in contact with any of them from that from that winning season? Yeah, I try and keep in contact with, with, with a few. I mean, um, who, who would... Alex Lawless is a big one who I, who I still speak to um, because we sort of live near each other and we, we sort of... When we were in Luton, we lived near each other and... We played against each other since when he's been at Leighton Orient and I've been at Chesterfield and um, I'm trying to think who else would have met. I've spoken to Jim Stevenson a few times since who's doing something yeah. totally different now. Um, Sean Whaley, I've come across him a few times just playing against him. A lot of the, a lot of the time it's just sort of, you know, when, when you're playing against him, you have a little chat before or after. You know, Mark Cullen, I've come across him. Um, Paul Benson is a big one who I still speak to a lot. Um, Paul's... I knew Paul before he came to Luton because um, I played with him in Swindon. I, I just knew Paul Benson would be a great signing for the club. You know, I, I really wanted that to happen. When I knew Luton were interested, I even said to John Still, you know, if you can get Benno, he knew Benno anyway, but I said, if you can get Benno in, you know, I, I don't think you can get any better better for this level than him. And Benno's a great guy. I think he still does a bit of coaching now for the club. And, you know, he's just a good guy to have around, you know, a, a club. He's, he's just a great guy. And, you know, I can see why, you know, he would... Luton will want to employ him now just, just because of his knowledge and just, just a great guy to have around the young lads. But yeah, Mark Tyler, he's another one. I used to travel in with Mark Tyler. Um, so I've seen him a few times, yeah. Are there any interesting or funny stories you can tell us about that season? Like, you know, with maybe a promotion party or early on in the season, any like funny stories? Funny stories? Um or anything really interesting at all? Yeah, John, John still used to do a game on a Friday. It was called you. You had a, you would vote all week, and then you, know, you would you would you would you would do training all week. And on a Friday, you'd have a vote, and the loser would wear this yellow T-shirt, really old Luton jersey that never got washed. 
and it was just all the if you if you, if and you'd have a vote and some of the um some of the some of the reasons that people used to vote were crazy you know just just a real crazy banter you know i can't repeat some of the things that got said but it, it was just and then you know you'd have a big sort of ceremony of you know handing out this shirt and i, I just remember scott griffiths um, who actually i still speak to now he's doing something totally different as well but you know a great guy and he was he, he he didn't take too well to get in the shirt once the reason the reason they gave him the shirt was we had a skip at the training ground at the old training ground at Ely Way. I don't know if you've, you've been there. Um, and he was doing some work on his house, and he because he didn't want to buy a skip to, to put the to put the, the you know the old bathroom or whatever it was, the old kitchen in the skip. He brought all the old stuff from his house and chucked it in the skip at the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> so the lads were like. Like the lads had like obviously got onto that, and then everyone voted for him, and that was the reason. Because instead of buying instead of buying your own skip, you decide to bring all your rubbish to the training ground. So it's quite <laughs> funny that you know that 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 was a story that springs to mind. But yeah, we had some we had some good you know a few good nights out and a few you know a good part parties to end the season. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, sort of ending the season on promotion probably made things a lot easier, made those sort of parties that little bit better. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the season before, even though we'd done well in the FA Cup, it was a bit of a, you know, end of season do, just sort of one, one thing you have to do, you know. We, we had something good to look back on in terms of the FA Cup, but that was about it, really. Whereas, you know, the following season, brilliant, you know, bus rides around the town with fans, you know, unbelievable, you know, and some some of the you know presentation dues we had you know just just good times you know fans fans you know congratulating you and you know it was just good you know words I've like I said I've been at clubs where it's just sort of you're just going through the motions a bit with those but you know these these were special times. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that, Jonathan. Yeah, some great great stories there, and I'm sure some great memories from that season. Best of luck with your career. And yeah, thank you very much. No, no problem. Thank, thanks, Billy. Thanks, Stephen. Well, that was brilliant speaking to Steve McNulty and Jonathan Smith. Both obviously had some brilliant stories about their times at Luton with the big celebrations coming with getting promoted eventually and also a lot of talk about the difficult start we had. And yeah, just all around brilliant to hear from them. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant hearing from John and uh, Steve. And they, they both spoke so fondly of the club. So it shows what a good season that was for the fans and the players, especially. And yeah, it's just brilliant to hear how players talk about our club after they've left. And where does that season rank for you in terms of our recent achievements? I know we've, we've spoken about it a bit before, but where would you place that on what we've achieved, say, in the last 10 years? One of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing that's happened to us in, in recent years, it's, it's said so often that we, uh, that, that really was a turning point of our club to get back to where we, you know, we feel like we should be. Not that we deserve to be, because no one deserves anything really, but, you know, we, as as John said, we we should have been higher up than what we were, and it was we were unfortunate to be down there. So that's it, it was so important that we, we kicked on and promotion that season and yeah so it's got to be one of the biggest things hope was dying wasn't it it was our fifth season in the conference and at the start of every season we were always favorites we were always the team to basically beat but that fifth season it just i think we were thirds in the betting odds and yeah it just wasn't it wasn't expected really that season no, and I remember being a bit sceptical of uh, John Still's sort of style of play and who he was. Because I remember, I remember actually reading that he said that he had no sympathy for us after we got thir minus thirty points deducted from us. And I was, I was thinking, why have we got someone that said that as manager of our club? But one of the best things that the board have done completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was difficult enough. Because as we said before, with Jonathan and uh, Steve McNulty there, it was a difficult start. We won just two of our first eight games and then all sort of began to click from there. Yeah, I think it was um, an away game at Wrexham. I think we we all said that it was our 
our sort of duty to lose at Wrexham in the league every year. We never, I don't think we ever beat them in the league away from home uh, during the conference years. And we got that out of the way. And I think that's where the run started. I think that's when we went 27 unbeaten. So I think that was that was the turning point from that rough start. And those 27 games were, were bloody brilliant. And looking at it now, after those 27 games, it was a, an away... No, it was a home defeat, sorry, to Woken that ended it, which we realistically, we could have gone that whole whole rest of the season unbeaten, couldn't we? We should have done. I remember that game. I think it was like, what, 82nd minute we conceded as well. And I just remember thinking, please don't let this be the start of a downfall or something. And But luckily it wasn't. But yeah, I, I reckon if if we wouldn't have lost that game, we probably could have gone on and done maybe 32, 33 unbeaten, if not more. That would have been some story as well. And yeah, eventually we did. We secured promotion because of, I've got to be careful what I say here, because I said earlier on the podcast that it was a 2-0 win for Cambridge, but it was a 2-0 defeat for Cambridge that eventually awarded us the title on this very day, seven years ago, apart from, well, getting that right as well, because I said eight years ago in the tweet. But yeah, a brilliant, brilliant occasion. And it would have been nicer to have, done it at Kenworth Road and not rely on other results but ultimately yeah getting promoted was all that mattered yeah exactly and I think we we really should have done it against Braintree at home uh, on BT Sport I remember that that was one of the most amazing atmospheres I've ever experienced and we, we didn't even win but yeah we, we should have done it then but it was we were saying we just wanted to get promoted however however we could do it We'll do it. Looking at that Braintree game again, they were 2-0 up, then got a red card, then made it 3-0, and then we sort of clawed it back to 3-2 after 65 minutes, and yeah, that was it. But yeah, yeah, you just you just think that could have been a brilliant day to do it. There was 10,000 Luton fans in there, which wasn't didn't really happen too often in our conference no. days. But yeah, it would have been a brilliant occasion to have done it at. Yeah, and touching on that, like, what what are our favourite memories of that season then? Well, one of them that um, that Jonathan Smith just touched on was the four three win at Halifax. I remember that Alex Wall goal and just it just seemed that we weren't going to was it at Halifax. I thought I thought that was, no, at, it was home. at home. At home, sorry. I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant result and kept our winning run alive I think it was sort of around the fourth or fifth game of that that unbeaten run that we kept that alive yeah I mean for me it's I can't think of what was the best moment I think it was one of those games where I think you know what I'm going to say I think we had a a 1-0 win at home against um, I can't remember who it was but um what was they Matt Robinson scored like a a lob from like 40 or 30 yards, like from like the other side of the pitch off of a throw in. He just turns around, smacks the ball in for a cross, and it just dips right under the bar. And I think that's that's probably my favorite moment because I think that's one of those ones again where it was like if we if we wouldn't have you know won that, we could have been in a bit of trouble, like with Cambridge behind us. But after that, that was that was a brilliant one. And then I think Stephen Nolte's goal, that was a that was a good one and very special moment that was. And yeah. there was a six-nil against um Kidderminster as well, who all, all another club similar to Wrexham that were they tend to be sort of around us come the end of each season. So beating yeah. them six-nil was just brilliant at that time. You know, I've I've, I've I'm 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 gonna say what, what the actual favourite moment was. I've, I've just remembered Cullen away to Cambridge. How could we forget about that? Like that that, that, was, that was the favorite yeah. thing because that was that was such a good time for me, and that when that goal went in, I think me, my aunt, and my little sister were uh, we had a flag from one of the Facebook groups we took there and hung it up, and we thought, uh, you know, we're not going to score now. Let's go up and get it. We turn around, like go up to get the flag from the back. I just turn around, like for some reason, and I just see the ball get knocked like, off of uh, McGee's head to Cullen, and I just when that went in. It was just a sea of bodies everywhere. And it just, 
it, it still gives me a chills thinking about it. And um, I was going to say because Cambridge were th- that sort of side as well that were always in and around where we finished. So going to yeah. Cambridge, which was just down the road, and well, yeah, and it was, like that was brilliant. Always that little bit of a, a local derby with them, and but yeah, my little sister fell over. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, I can't celebrate now. I've got to find her. Like, I picked her up, and I think I picked her up and shoved her to my aunt. And then I, was, I just started jumping around and like ran down to the front and was just going mental. I just made sure she was fine, and then straight away back to celebrating because that was just one of the best feelings I've ever felt when that went in. And even then, it was it was just a one-one draw as well. It just meant they just weren't going to get near us, hopefully. And yeah, they didn't in the end, and just. Yeah, that's that's got to be the favourite moment. And then, obviously, the the I remember the last three games were a two-one win at Welling, which I remember running on the pitch for, and I remember getting pictures with Cameron McGeehan and thinking, "This is brilliant." And then, same thing happened at home to Forest Green with a four-one win. I think Andre got a hat trick that game. Yeah, and I think we were one 0 down as well. I think we turned it around and that just made for an even better occasion. And yeah, Kenilworth Road was filled with people and yeah, it was just a brilliant yeah. time. And then obviously that last game against Hyde, as we spoke to Jonathan Smith about, was his return after that horrific leg, leg break. So it was three brilliant occasions. I didn't go to the Hyde one, but from the the videos that were sent around from how the players spoke about it, how John Steele spoke about it, it just seemed like a brilliant occasion. Yeah, I didn't get to go to too many away games. There's more of the local ones that I got to go to, really, because uh, I think my aunt, my, my aunt and my family couldn't afford like the, the coach tickets and we couldn't drive to places. So it was, we had to rely on the coaches if it was far away. And so, yeah, I didn't get to go to away games too much. But speaking of Welling, I've, I've been there on a away day with St Albans, you know, because I'm doing media stuff for and I was thinking, how the hell did Luton play? Like, how how do we get like so many Luton fans in there for when when we storm the pitch and all that? And there's what there's two stands that don't have anything between between them and the pitch. You can just walk around the pitch if you want to from one of the stands. And I was, you know, I remember thinking like that must have been mental for the staff at Welling to deal with with all those Luton fans. Definitely. And moving on to the last part of this, if you had to identify just the sole player that, well, was your favourite player at the time? Who was your favourite player during that 2013-2014 season? It's a bit of a weird one, but I, both McGeehan and Pelly, I loved them from the start. Like, I absolutely loved them from the start. I knew they were going to be good players. And I think, I think the way Pelly was, that, that Dartford goal... The, the goals that he popped up with, I think there was gold against uh, Hereford that he you know, smacked against crossbar and, you know, was dancing about. But I just, I knew there was something special about him. And I I loved him from the start. So I think I'm going to say it's a bit of a weird one, but I think he was, he was my player of the season, like my favourite player from that season. Yeah, because you could go through that whole squad because every one of those players were just brilliant that season. And yeah, go through that whole squad and, you could probably make a case for each one of them. So it's difficult to narrow it down to just one, but Luke Guttridge for me, I just, I was what thinking a player he was, what a, because I wanted to be a, a sort of an attacking midfielder myself. Seeing him play was just brilliant. Yeah. I know you said that was a final question, but I've got one more favorite goal from that season. Then <laughs> I think I know which your, which one yours is going to be. Steve, you go Oh, well, Steve McNulty volley or the Alex Wall, or uh, Alex Wall winner. Sorry, from uh, the Halifax game, I'll go for. Yeah, I think I think mine's going to be the Cullen goal at Cambridge away. Favorite moment, favorite favorite goal. It's got to be. If I mean, if it wasn't that, I'd say the Pelly goal against Dartford. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. The one. rocket yeah. that hit yeah. the ball. I, I, I don't get the science on that goal because it. It went. It was flying upwards and hit the post, and then went up again into the roof of the net. I was like, "How? How do you hit it with that much power?" That that happened, and just yeah. Did he Either score the winner? Was that the winner, or was that the? No, it was equaliser. And then I Gray. Red card. He, 
and then yeah. Ray got the header. Yeah, because there's a few because Jonathan Smith scored one against Tamworth that year as well, yeah. outside the box, which was a brilliant one. Some yeah, really difficult to pick out goal of the season that year. Well, that is just about it for today's 2013-2014 special. Of course, this weekend, it is the big game on Saturday. We host Watford for the first time in over 15 years. It's a fixture that we all really wish we were going to, but in these COVID times, obviously, it's one that we'll unfortunately have to miss out on. But we do have a chance to derail their promotion chances, and I'm sure we'll rise to the occasion like we, like we tend to do. We'll end this on a score prediction, Stephen. So, what are we thinking for this Saturday? I've and we're not saying we're not taking losses this. We're not taking a loss this time, like I did last week. I um, I've been saying for a while now we're going to derail their promotion push. I've been saying it for the, quite a few weeks now. It's, it's going to happen. We're going to be the kit, the, the start of their their downfall and drop into the playoffs. And I'm going to say two on us. I'm going to go, I think we're going to return the favour to what they did earlier in the season. I'm going to go for a scrappy 1-0, but it will feel brilliant for it. We'll feel... Adebayo, Adebayo header no matter what. He's going to score Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's set, set he's up got for to. it. Set up for it. And Watford, Watford are similar to us. They don't really score too many away goals. So hopefully we don't have to be too don't, concerned don't about that. It. Don't jinx it. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. It really does mean the world to us and any shares, any feedback or other interaction really does help us out massively. Be sure to check out our Twitter page at Oak Road Hatter and our website, which is www.oakroadhatter.com. And another big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the music of the podcast and be sure to check out Incompetech for any musical needs. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.